Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer, on News Talk STL. Watch us on our live stream using Rumble, Facebook, and Twitter. Talk lines are open now at 314-912-1019. Well, good morning. Welcome to the Super Bowl weekend edition of the Randy Tobler Show. Good to be with you. Glad you are here with us. Jerome's out there making sure that all of the... uh, buttons are pushed the sliders the uh, the pots are up everything good with you jerome y'all uh, you have all your bets placed oh we can't do that in missouri can we oops sorry <laughs> hey, at least the buttons are working <laughs> yeah yeah hey now you grew up in the people's republic of illinois uh is that, uh, is that one of the 30 some odd states that allows online gambling for sports i don't know i know not in missouri of course See, I'm a really bad gambler, so I never took the time yeah. to learn about that. But, yeah, we see a lot of like I don't, I don't want to name any brands because, you know, they're not paying us. But we see a lot of advertisements for uh, sports gambling stuff yeah. on the TVs. Yeah, yeah, that's it. It's, it's crazy. It's all over the place. You know, uh, in a recent poll by I think it was called uh, oh, one of the one of the uh, the sports uh, online sports gambling places was asking uh, they did a survey of their of their online uh, people about who was the most annoying, who were the most annoying players in the, in the league. Guess who got it? Mahomes and Kelsey. You know why? Because they're winners. They're winners. There's envy. If you're a winner and everyone's against you these days, it's crazy. I don't know. I don't find them doing anything wrong. He was asked the other day in one of the Super Bowl, you know, the, the, the media hits about uh, Mahomes was about dynasty. Are you guys a dynasty? He says, well, that's, that's something that's determined after you retired. You know, what, that you don't, we're not we're here to worry about that. We're here to play ball. I thought it was a really classy, mature uh, act. It was good. It's good to see. And by the way, uh, I forgot to send you a Christmas present, but I have an idea. I have an idea. I may send you a late Christmas present, Jerome, um, uh, because I saw that Brittany Mahomes, Brittany Holmes is, uh, is, uh, did a Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit uh, uh, shoot. I thought um, you might, I might send you that issue. Unless, unless you're identifying as something other than heterosexual these days. I didn't know. <laughs> That's a very good Christmas present. Just in time for Valentine's Day, too. There you go. <laughs> and she's catching some heat, of course, from the haters. You know, the haters come out whenever anyone does anything that's uh, that's uh, high profile. You know how that is. Well, we have a lot to talk about today, of course, on the heels of the big um, <clears throat> non-indictment, non-charging of uh, of President Biden by Robert Hur, the special counsel, but with a very chilling and damning uh, expose uh, in that in that report into his just utter incompetence, both his cognitive decline, his memory uh, and uh, descriptions that were anything but flattering. And of course, Thursday night, he comes out with uh, some amazing, um, amazingly, amazingly foot in mouth uh, moments at that press conference. So, of course, unpack that. We'll want to know your uh, feelings on that, too, folks. 314-912-1019. I can't wait to hear what you think about that and what it means uh, for this election season. Uh, Should I dare say maybe for this country, uh, when you look at the disheveled boxes of the materials in his uh, in this Corvette garage, uh, you got to shake your head. That doesn't look too far from what we saw in the uh, Mar-a-Lago photos. Victor Davis Hanson had a big piece on that. We'll uh, we'll unpack that a little bit on Twitter. <clears throat> Tucker is taking a lot of heat for interviewing Putin. I think that's interesting. I mean, there's people on both sides of that argument. It's an interesting discussion. Um, people saying Tucker is carrying water for Putin. Um, he's criticizing his own government. We have some clips on that. 
Um, I, I saw one online, uh, Twitter X or whatever we call them now that uh, it says that's close to treason. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. You'll have to weigh in on that. You'll be the judge, jury. And yeah, if you want executioner, I don't think so. I think it's good. And I at, at least one thing you can say, Vladimir Putin can sit with Tucker Carlson and take some tough questions for two hours and be lucid and answer the answer, answer the question. And, and yes, dare I say, be a nationalist lover of his country. We have a president and leadership that hate their country, hate everything America's about. So say what you will. Vladimir Putin is all about Mother Russia. Joe Biden and the Democrats are all about power and the accumulation of it. I'll say no more at this time. Uh, the SCOTUS, the Supreme Court, heard arguments. I listened to them. Uh, I know it's nerdville. <clears throat> I listened to them Thursday. I thought it was fascinating. And um, it, it appears as though it's going to be, if not a full clean sweep for Trump staying on the ballot, close to that. When the vote comes down, we don't know when that will be. But of course, we'll cover that. You'll cover you'll hear it here on News Talk STL with all the great shows. Speaking of the great shows, Mike Ferguson will be with us a little later at 725. Interesting to see his take on everything. Uh, Zach Smith from Heritage, a Supreme Court expert. He does a podcast for Heritage uh, every Friday night and um, or Friday afternoon. He'll uh, he'll be with us to unpack that. What? the her indictment told us about her about the process is it a a double standard is this was trump treated differently in the mar-a-lago case versus biden was it really ultimately just about process just about the uh, the obstruction or more we'll ask those questions virginia cruda of course at 745 we'll have to ask her about what sunny hostin had to say when she discovered that whoops i'm for reparations but my family held slaves whoops We'll have to see how she weighs in on that one. It's funny, boy, that was a that was a candid camera gotcha moment for her. And uh, your calls all morning, 314-912-1019. Now, Jerome, are you a big uh, Super Bowl uh, fan? Are you uh, are you going to watch the festivities? So this is the one time of year where I'm actually excited to see a lot of advertisements. Um, like I think we mentioned before, you know, I grew up playing football, so I kind of watch it for the plays. I'm not a huge into the sport like that kind of guy, but those advertisements are probably the main reason why I, I sit there with my family usually and watch the Super Bowl. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, oh, and by all means, folks, we have to, I mean, there's a lot of a lot of bad news in the world. I mean, we could talk all day about bad news, but we do have to cover what are some of your favorite Super Bowl snacks. I mean, we have to, that's important. I mean, is it the, is it the Rotel and the Velveeta, the Rotel dip? I mean, that's a hard one to beat. I mean, let's, let's admit it. That's a hard one to beat. Um, is it the uh, well, buffalo wings? Who can argue with those? They have to be crispy, though. They have. I don't like them when they're soft and, uh, you know, mushy. They have to be. You've got to fry them and then you drench them in the sauce. That's that's mandatory. Uh, we have a restaurant nearby that does. Uh, they do smoked wings that are just, oh, my gosh, they just roll out of there. You have heartburn for the next week after <laughs> you eat those puppies. They're awesome. Um I, I love buffalo wings. I there there comes a point where they're too hot though. You just can't handle. It. But I mean the right the right mix is just just perfect. And then of course you have to wash them down with your favorite uh, beer, which I I think Budweiser's making a comeback. I Bud Light's making a comeback. Budweiser in general because they're I I understand there's going to be a Clydesdales commercial with the Dalmatian. Is that right, Jerome? I think that's coming this year. It'll be good to see. Um. And yesterday, you know, I watched, a, speaking of the commercials, I watched a, um, 
I don't know. There was a, we were getting ready for for supper, and there was a little uh, competition on last evening. I, I forget which station uh, about the greatest uh, Super Bowl commercials. And um, Jerome, you weren't even a, you weren't even a twinkle in your parents' eyes. But back in I think in 1980, Mean Joe Green, big star for the Pittsburgh Steelers, big commercial. The the finalists came down to that one. He's coming off the field, limping off the field down the ramp. You know, he's beat. You can tell he's wounded, you know. he I don't know whether they lost the game and he was injured or what, but it was clearly, a, you know, he's in a funky mood. And a little kid walks down the ramp and says, hey, Joe or Mr. Green or whatever, you know, would you like my Coke? Now get out of here, kid, you know. And, and you know, they have a little back and forth and the kid gives him the Coke, he drinks the stuff and he doesn't say anything to the kid and the kid's like, oh, okay and he starts the kid walks starts to walk off and then joe green calls out to the kid hey kid and he throws him his jersey and then you know it's been it's everything is is uh is jubilant so that was one and then the other finalists it actually won the number one they did a vote very cool these days look at technology it was really cool i even voted you you take your phone you hold it up to the screen with the q code bingo you the screen pops up you can get a vote it's amazing um you don't have to text 25865. Uh, and the one that won was a 2013 commercial. And it starts out with a little foal in, in the stable, in the barn. And they show, you know, a rancher who's a young guy who's raising him. And they show that, you know, he goes from a foal to a colt to a full, full-blooded, you know, all fully grown Clydesdale. And the guy's training him by driving the truck along the road. And the Clydesdale's keeping up with the truck. And then you see the Clydesdale, uh, you know, 18-wheeler backing up, taking him away. Fast forward three years later, the guy sees that they're going to be in Chicago, the Clydesdale's team. And he's there and the, the horse has the blinders on. So the horse is in the in the, in the the team, you know, and he goes down in the parade route and the guy who raised him standing on the side of the uh, of the street. And, and of course, the horse doesn't see him. And you can t- see how dejected the, the fellow is. And then um, I guess they take the blinders off. Somehow the, the the horse sees the guy walking away from the event and he turns his head, the horse. And then the next scene is the guy's caught in traffic and here comes the horse on an empty street, just just full speed gallop. And, and then there's a big hug. Man, I'm telling you, my wife cried like a baby, cried like a baby. So I had to vote for that one. And that won the, uh, that won the thing. I remember the one after 9-11, where the Clydesdale uh, took member took a knee uh, in in honor of uh, of the people that died. I mean, it was a boy that was a tearjerker too. So I I understand they're bringing back the Clydesdales this year, and that to me is a great thing. They need to they need to get away of the ghost of Dylan Mulvaney. They need to push that away. It needs to go like yesterday. So hopefully that uh, that will happen. They need to bring back right, some more energetic music as well. Because um, I know it's a lot of pop and rap lately, but what happened like hard rock? You know, it's supposed to be a tough sport. What? Why isn't there like tougher music? Oh, that's true. You mean more more uh, energetic? Yeah. Yeah. Rock music. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. Are you a are you a, a hair band guy, uh, hard rock guy, or no? 
I'm, I'm not too much into like Motley Crue or any of that glam stuff, yeah. but I, I would still take that over seeing somebody like, you know, Beyonce or these like some of these pop people that are coming out. You know, I don't want to hear pop yeah. music and then watch like grown no. men ram into each other. I want something yeah. high energy, you know, something that makes an impact. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. I like that. I like that. You want impact music for an impact sport. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Speaking of that, uh, when we come back, uh, we've got some sound uh, that uh, that will play about um I think I think I asked you to pull that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. About Joe Biden uh, and some of the some of the really poignant thoughts that you can develop about people as they age and they lose their faculties and they lose their memory. But then you see other people. I mean, Donald Trump is among them. I think he's one of the finest examples of a, a, a fellow who's aging. And yeah, I mean, Donald Trump has always been unfiltered. I don't think what's going on with him with his with his brash, you know, demeanor. I don't think that's anything new. Sharp as attack. He knows his stats. I mean, when he does an interview, the guy knows his stats. Now, sometimes he embellishes on those and he overstates it. But but very often, I mean, he's nailing figures in terms of, you know, economic numbers and, and the numbers when he was the president versus by fantastic stuff. I watched the Grammys. We watched the Grammys all last week. I mean, all last Sunday, all three and a half hours. I don't normally do that, but um, partly because I was a little put off by and I thought, you know, it's it's interesting in, in a negative way to me. Some of the rap music was so dark. Uh, the one was a, a vampire where the, the gal is killing her ex and the story is i killed my ex i killed my boyfriend now i'm going to kill his girlfriend i mean it just and 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 the and the choreography was women uh dressed a very clant scantily you know sort of sort of mean girl kind of dressed killing men in tuxedos just one after another they're falling i, I didn't understand that and the other one was a guy that uh he was he was crushing chairs against the floor and throwing them about why i forget the guy's name uh, and then the other one, there was blood dripping from the walls, dripping from the walls in the background. I, maybe that was a vampire one. I don't know. I think it was a vampire song. Um, I, dark music. A lot of the uh, the, the hip hop is, is rap subcategorized under hip hop or is it a different uh, all its own genre? I don't know. But wow, just very, very dark stuff. And then at the very end, though, I mean, I thought the Tracy Chapman and Luke Holmes things was wonderful. Say what you will about Tracy Chapman. Uh, uh, but you know, it's wonderful to see her an elderly gal now, but really performing a tune that brought, I think that uh, a lot of uh, love together, but at the very end, the Billy Joel song, making a comeback, a romantic song. Have I waited too long to come back and sort of, you know, reinvigorate my, our, my, our, our romance and professionally his professional life. He's had a rough patch along the way. Great song. And it was really typical Billy Joel style. It's good to see. Um, yeah, but we've got a president that, uh, well, uh, we'll talk about that when we come back. When we talk about that, it's time to talk about good old Joe. Is it time for the pasture? Randy Tobler, Truth Warrior, Woke Destroyer on News Talk STL. Watch us on our live stream using Rumble, Facebook, and Twitter. This is News Talk STL. It is used to make the little beard in this. My memory is fine. The president of Mexico, Sisi, did not want to open up the gate. A solid meeting with um, with uh, the uh, the Mitterrand from Germany. I mean, from France, looked at me and said, uh, said. 
elderly man with a poor memory. Okay, said I'm going to be a president for everybody. A little bit. That's just a little bit of what we saw this week of the decline of Joe Biden's already threatened, struggling, and impaired faculties. It didn't take a genius and whoever authored uh, most of the Robert Hur report, I don't know whether it was his pen or someone else's, but it doesn't take a genius to know that Joe Biden has slipped immeasurably since uh, his inauguration uh, just uh, just a little over three years ago. And there was a damning report that came out late Thursday night. Friday, of course, is when it really hit the news wires. And uh, I'm sorry, late Wednesday night and then Thursday is when it hit the news wires. It was unbelievable, unbelievable. The uh, he couldn't remember when he was president, when yeah, vice president. He didn't remember uh, even within several years, according to the report, several years, the death of his uh, of, uh, of son, Bo. Now, I did scratch my head and wonder after the president, the president came out and said in his in his very um, aggressive news conference Thursday evening, why would he be asked about that unless he brought it up as one of his rambling, meandering, rabbit hole kind of statements? They tend to go, you know, you've heard it both on the stump when he's giving a speech and goes off teleprompter and other times he starts rambling. And unlike Donald Trump, who rambles in an effective and uh, often uh, engaging way, uh, Biden gets lost and often ends up just saying, well, 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 anyway, you know, he gets lost. But you wonder if during the questioning, it was five hours, you make it. He makes five hours sound like it was the Iliad, like it was the Odyssey. I mean, five hours that I don't know. I don't view that as a major problem. If you're the president of the United States, you ought to be able to sit there and take questions for five hours. I don't view that as a big problem. But I I do. I I do wonder why they asked him about uh, the date of his, uh, you know, when his son died. But anyway, it came up. He couldn't remember. And uh Maybe that maybe it was relating that maybe he brought it up in the uh, in the interview, in the questioning and then, you know, referencing a timeline as far as when records were available and then he viewed them and then they appeared somewhere. And at least in in the matter of Afghanistan and some top secret documents there. I mean, they, they it's funny. Robert Hur said that, you know, he willfully I thought that was one of the violations of the statute. It had to be a willful violation, not just an accident, not just an oversight. But I knew better and I did it anyway. That kind of willful uh, violation in the executive summary right off the top, it says it. And, and nonetheless, he chose not to press charges. Why? In a, in a twist that I don't understand, I'm not a legal expert. We'll talk with Zach Smith later on that uh, from Heritage at, uh, at 8.05. Um, uh, I, I didn't know that it was the prosecutor's job to try to judge the psychology of a jury. I thought you prosecuted based on the facts. And if the facts aren't strong, I understand you, you know, you may not do that, but um, I don't know. We'll have to ask Zach. I, I thought it was unusual. They thought because he was, uh, an elderly he came across as an elderly old man of, uh, you know, limited faculty, impaired faculty and memory, uh, words like that in various places that the, the jury would find would be sympathetic to him. And uh, therefore, they couldn't get, you know, a unanimous uh, verdict. I guess that's I guess that's what it came down to. So I guess, Jerome, if we ever decide to do something crazy, like maybe, I don't know, some white collar crime or something like that. Um, you know, I'll be at the age here in a few years where I could feign that I could feign that, uh, you know, I'm going crazy. I could call this some other radio station. I could call you Bob 
And and then during during the interrogation, during the interrogation with the prosecutor, and then I could claim that I'm just I'm just losing it. And, I, you know, I mean, poor old Randy, you know, and then we could get off the hook. What do you think? Sound like a plan? Is this how you're going to tell me that if anything happens, you're going to pit it all on me? <laughs> that I'm going to have to defend myself back because I'm too young for that to work. <laughs> uh, no, by that time, you could be in El Salvador. No, don't go to El Salvador. The guy down there has cracked down on crime. He got elected by a reported, what, 70, 80, I think 80 percent last week. That's a whole nother story we need to talk about. Interesting, interesting story. I find it's fascinating. What to this president, uh, Naib, Naib Bukele, I think is his name, Bukele. Um, interesting story. We'll talk about that in terms of law in the law and order segment, because boy, oh boy, is this country needing some reform in law and order. Um, so on the heels, though, of the Biden debacle, so then he comes out and instead of I think they should have let it lie. On Thursday night, you know, after this damning report, at least politically damning because of his impaired faculty, his impaired memory, uh, you know, couldn't remember when he was vice president for for the love of Pete. You got to be kidding me. OK, so then I thought maybe he was going to come out. The, the silly me. Rose colored glasses, Randy. I thought he was going to come out and say, you know what? Um, it's become apparent to me and those around me, and I'm thankful for those that have put input. I, I find it a shame that the prosecutor was so gratuitous in his behavior. But, you know, uh, it's time. We've done so much. We've done infrastructure. We've saved the country with taxes. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm being, I'm being tongue in cheek here. But he would say he could make a statement, and it's time for me to, you know, go back to to Delaware, back to Scranton, uh, live with the people. And uh, lick, uh, lick the ice cream cone all day and spend some time at the beach and spend some time with my family. You know, uh, I, I, I thought, wow, what a great opportunity. No, that didn't happen. He came out fierce. He was combative. Uh, he read a statement and then he made the mistake that had to just leave his handlers nauseated. I can just imagine them absolutely like head spinning, you know, exorcist. What in the world? He's taking questions. Please stop it. And after he took the initial flurry of questions about his memory, about his fitness, about should he step aside, when which he said, no, I'm the reason for all the wonderful economic growth in the country. Not. I mean, every. Yeah, it's growth because consumers are spending out like 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 drunken sailors and keep running up tremendous tabs on their credit card bills and government spending's gone awry. Uh, and that's a, but aside from that, uh, after that, then he started to walk away. And he comes back and then he starts talking about the president of Mexico, but he used the Egyptian president's name when he was really talking about the Gaza issue. And uh, it was it was just a gosh, awful mess. And it just after he said, you know, in the in the in the uh, prepared statement over and over, I did not willfully do it. I did not even CNN fact checked him and said, no, that's not what it said. He, he just outright lied about what was in the report over and over, representing that he had it all together and his memory was fine and his faculties are fine. And if that wasn't bad enough, then he can't remember which who's the president of which country. It's only made it worse. Uh, we're beginning to see some infighting among the previously supportive networks, CNN, people on CNN, some questioning whether, in fact, it is time to able to Axelrod and others. And on MSNBC, on the other hand, well, still defending. So it's all over the map. The media now is becoming a little bit divided. 
people within the party clearly overtly i mean and and very transparently saying it's time for joe to go uh which raises the whole specter of will he last through the convention and beyond if he if he makes it through that into the into the november general i just don't know i I'm not sure he will. And and the, the the surveys say that no matter which candidate you ask them about, people are not very happy with either choice, just on the basis of age alone. Uh, I think I think those that support Biden can't defend his age. It's just that they hate Trump so much and they love abortion so much that they'll vote for anyone. They don't they'd vote for a bowl of pudding with an A.I. Uh, generated voice box in it. I mean, they, which, well, maybe that's what we have come to think about it. Um, but the other question that's raised and it, it, it's being mentioned here is the 25th amendment. And should, I mean, is it time for the cabinet to get together and say, Mr. President, you, you're no longer fit to serve. Wow. Wouldn't that be something? I, they talked about it with Trump. Apparently, at least it was murmured. And it was reported that it, that they they talked about it. Several members of the cabinet. It's time that uh, that some of the Biden people do. C- Jerome, could you imagine being KJP? I imagine she hasn't slept for three years. I mean, as 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 poor of a of a uh, White House spokesperson as she is, I I do have some sympathy for her. That I don't know how you can defend what she's defending. I mean, it's just that's got to be the worst job in the world. Yeah, it, it cannot be easy having to defend this administration. I mean, from everything going on the past few years and then to have to stand in front of everybody and say, look, this is what's going on. Like, props to her for, for being able to stick that through. Not that, you know, she's any better, but credit where credit's due. Yeah, I mean, well, she hasn't been there for three years. Right? Jen, Jen Saki started out, but I mean, uh, for as long as she's been in the role, she's terrible. She's just awful. She she cannot spontaneously answer a question. She has to go into her magic three three ring binder and find the right tab and, you know, read it off. And it's just she she reiterates over and over and over the talking points. There's just nothing there that's that's effective. Um, but again, I mean, when you're, you know, the, the old joke about the fuller brush salesman, you know, you can't the reason the fuller brush salesmen were successful was because the fuller brush was a good product. You know, if you have a good product, you can do it. She's trying to sell just junk. She's trying to sell a pack of lies. And, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's a, it's a spectacle to watch. Well, you know, Victor Davis Hanson had, had a lot to say about it on a Twitter fold. Um, you know, he lost his temper and, and finally lashed out at, at Robert Hur, but he really should have thanked him for, um, using the mentally incompetent defense. I mean, really, they have to be just so thankful at praising uh, Robert Hur these days because on the one hand, he willfully did something wrong. On the other hand, it was sort of a James Comey moment with Hillary, right? Uh, no one would prosecute her. Well, and Hur said, man, we're not going to prosecute him because, well, the jury would be sympathetic. Um, and I think that I think the other thing here is that he flat out he flat out lied during his during his um, his press conference. He repeatedly said that he did not willfully do things, and he pointed to various pages. Yes, it was clear in the report, and I've read I've at least skimmed a lot of it, if not most of it, at this point. 
it, it was clear that the pages he pointed to and where they it, it, her did say that, for instance, the University of uh, UPenn and um, another place where some documents were that those were I guess there were other places in his house. Um, he did concede that the prosecutor said or the, the special counsel that those it's it's feasible it's it's they don't have enough evidence to say that those documents were willfully mishandled that they could have been errantly placed there without biden's knowledge and biden tried to make that tried to make those carve outs apply to the entire package and that's just not it's not honest it's just not honest um but but i mean then on the other hand you know he he went out of his way to blame staff you know that's ridiculous i that's a leader doesn't do that. A leader takes credit uh, for all of the mistakes and takes credit for none of the, I mean, a real leader, a real leader will uh, take all the blame and none of the credit, right? I mean, that's what real leaders do. And uh, it, uh, it's, I don't think we've seen the end of this. I think politically, this is going to turn out to be a real disaster for this guy. Um, I think it's become a complete, complete and utter clown show up there and I still think that there is a lane. I think the DNC is going to come knocking on his door and they're going to say, Mr. President, we cannot throw money behind this campaign anymore. Your your approval ratings are in the in the pits. Uh, people think you are mentally incompetent to serve. And we just cannot continue to spend money on your candidacy. I, I, I suppose the other one of two things they are either going to knock on his door and say, look, it's it's time to graciously step aside um, and propose that we have uh, a primary, a, a renewed primary season. Or on the other hand, maybe that maybe the strategy is to just breathe, bring him comatose across the finish line, emphasize the abortion issue, do a bunch of student loan handouts, uh, some crazy spending plan. I don't know. They're going to find some way to get into the unengaged voters head, drag him across the finish line. And then God help us. He then resigns. Kamala Harris is the first black woman president. I, that could be their plan. A I'm not sure uh, one way or another. It's either going to be Kamala or Michelle. I, I know that sounds like a conspiracy theory, but that's my story and I'm sticking to it. I think they might find a way to make Michelle just come in and be the, just be the, the you know, the rescue, the Calvary. I will have to, did I say Calvary? I think that was a Freudian slip. Cavalry, Cavalry, Calvary is a different construct. All right. I'm Randy Tolber. It's News Talk, STL 101-941, The Tolber Show. Back uh, when we talk a little bit about uh, the other big happening this week, and that is the SCOTUS hearings. Back in just a minute. Stay there. Welcome back to the program. A little bit later, we're going to be talking uh, in depth about uh, what happened on Thursday with the oral arguments where the state of Colorado, represented by a young first-time uh, appearance before the Supreme Court, um, and former clerk of uh, Kagan and Gorsuch, um, Arguing in favor of uh, taking Mr. Trump off the ballot in Colorado, of course, it would be uh, it would be just a, a a bombshell, an earth-shaking event if indeed one state could, because of their uh, arbitrary judgment in who or who should or should not be on their ballot, aside from the the party choices in that case, um, 
you know, that could turn into a just an avalanche of similar kind of moves against candidates on both sides, depending on whatever partisan uh, majority was was in that state and wanted to get some uh, movement going. That was one of the arguments that the Supreme Court uh, justices used, including some that were not on the conservative side. I think Katanji Brown Jackson and um, um, Justice Kagan uh, were actually fairly vocal on uh, on the side of, hey, this doesn't smell right. But then there was a great moment when uh, Justice Neil Gorsuch schooled his former clerk, uh, Jason Murray, in, uh, in, a, in a moment that I heard and I thought, wow, that really caught my attention. Take a listen. President, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual. I don't think so, because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play to say this is no de facto. That, that doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and, and, and insulate from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside. OK, I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one and more difficult one for you. I understand, but I think it deserves an answer on your theory. Would anything compel a, a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president? I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was, you know, a, a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to no, office, but no, nevertheless they were no, put into that no, office. No, no, we're talking about Section 3. And, please don't change the hypothetical, okay? I'm, please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too, <laughs> but please don't do it. Okay? Well, now, the, the point I'm trying to make is He's that, disqualified from the moment he committed an insurrection. Whoever it is, whichever party, it, it, that, that happens. Boom. It happened. What would compel, I'm not going to say it again, so just try and answer the question. If you don't have an answer, fair enough, we'll move on. What would compel a lower official to obey an order from that individual? Because ultimately we have we have statutes and rules requiring chains of command. The person is in the okay, office. So, uh, and, it, and it went on. And then I think it was Justice Kagan that came in and had a question and inter interrupted. But man, this guy... First time in front of the court, he was clearly sliding downhill, trying desperately to make some ground, climb up one after another, getting pretty much just just dismissed one after another issue. And uh, it sounded like maybe this is the way Justice Gorsuch would have talked to him when he was a clerk. <laughs> he just he just smacked him down. And um, that issue was when the issue of officer versus office and some of the semantics in the original language and the context. I mean, this was about preventing during Reconstruction this this um, this uh, amendment that they were that they were talking about was constructed to prevent former Civil War military officers from running for office because they were, in fact, involved in insurrection. I mean, gross insurrection against the union. I mean, you can see uh, the logic, uh, logical connection and rationale for when it was done at the time, why it was passed. But how does that translate to now? And so what Gorsuch was trying to say was, look, if if a guy becomes ineligible for office or running for it, does that mean that anyone that was answering to him, reporting to him, meaning anyone reporting to the president in the executive branch could just say, nah, 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 forget about it. You're an insurrectionist. You're not qualified. And it was just hilarious the way. No, no, no. If, if you don't want to answer, I, you know, whatever. But I thought it was fabulous to hear. There was a lot of back and forth like that. And I think it's pretty clear from all observers that it's probably a done deal. It's only a matter of how 
what, will it be a unanimous um, decision or not? But we'll see what uh, see what our expert uh, Zach Smith has to say about that um, when we talk to him in the eight o'clock hour. Don't forget, Mike Ferguson's with us at 725 and Virginia Cruda at 745. So a good reason to just put in the earbuds if you're, uh, you know, uh, doing some projects in the uh, er- It feels like early spring. I guess we're going to have a cold snap, but it's been feeling like early spring these days. Makes me want to go out and work in the dirt. The dirt's still a little wet from all the melting snow, but I get a I get a yearning to work in the dirt when the weather starts turning nice. So. Um, maybe I should go to work in Washington, D.C. Uh, that would help satisfy that penchant working in the dirt. I don't know. For that matter, Jefferson City, with some of the back and forth going on down there. Holy cow. Um, still have a lot of infighting in the Republican ranks between the Missouri Freedom Caucus members who keep pushing, pushing, pushing for IP reform, for property tax reform. Our friend Bill Eigel's uh, really advancing that and trying to get that through. Um uh, education reform needs to happen as well. We'll see if they get anything done in this election year. I love it when people are called out for being hypocrites. And it's even better when they double down after they are called out in their um, insane hypocrisy. So, you know, uh, Sonny Hostin uh, on the five, she's a staunch reparations supporter. And, and clip one, uh, Jerome, talks about this. This is when, uh, remember Professor Lewis uh, Henry Gates? This is the guy that, remember way back in the Obama administration, when there was a raid on, he's a black professor of history up in, I, what was it, Boston, I think. At any rate, he's, he's a black professor of history. He was entering his house, and I guess one of the neighbors, someone called and said, it looks like there's a break-in. The cops were called. And, you know, it all worked out in the end, but this is when one of Barack Obama's famous, um, uh, you know, I, I'm supposed to be a divider and bring a uniter and bring the country together. But it was one of his most famous ununiting of uh, of uh, of moments in the presidency when he said that the cops acted stupidly. No, they just responded, Mr. Obama. They just responded to a call. That's that's what police officers. And remember, there was the beer summit then. And, you know, OK, well. Henry Louis Gates, in this clip, is explaining to Sonny Hostins, a staunch reparations supporter. I guess they did a 23andMe thing on her, Ancestry.com. I don't know. This is what turned out to be her heritage. Listen. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm in a little bit in shock. I, I just always thought of myself as Puerto Rican, you know, half Puerto Rican. <laughs> I didn't think I was... Uh, my family was originally from Spain and slaveholders. <laughs> yeah. So how are you feeling, my friend? Um, I just, um, I think it's actually pretty interesting that um, my husband and I have shared roots. Yeah. So I, I do appreciate that. Um, and I think it's great for our children mm-hmm. to know this information. Um, I guess it's a fact of life that uh, this is how some people made their living. On the backs of others. Ah, okay. Do you notice how she deflected there? Suddenly it became about, uh, well, yeah, my husband and I have some shared uh, I guess her husband must have some some Spanish in him. I don't know. Um, but it turns out that I guess one of her Spanish uh, ancestors owned a person, slaves. And then when she said, it's a fact of life, that was a very clever way, very clever way 
by this staunch reparations supporter whose ancestors held slaves. Very clever way of acknowledging what we've all been saying. You cannot judge a person or for that matter, their ancestors by current standards when prior behavior aligned with then consensus standards and behavior. You cannot do that. You can't, if my father owned the, uh, you know, some, the, 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 uh, the, the Walgreens drugstore at which, you know, the member during a Jim Crow where they wouldn't let anyone sit at the soda fountain in a white, if my father, okay, that was the standard at the time. Those were the laws. You can't hold current people responsible for that. Here's what she said on The View. This is clip two when this issue came up. This is astounding. Listen to this. I was deeply disappointed. Um, the I still, slave thing is a bummer. It's a bummer. And I still believe in reparations, like, by the oh. way, so y'all can stop texting me and emailing me and saying that I'm a white girl and that I don't deserve reparations. That's, I still believe oh, that. Someone did that to you? Yeah. I don't know who sent her a thing telling her she was a white girl. Okay, it's, it's, it's too much, people. But, clean off your television screen yeah it's it's that's a lot so i i i still believe in reparations i still believe this country has a lot to do in terms of racial justice well okay so um even though her ancestors supported on it she still wants you and me who ancestors maybe did or didn't it becomes irrelevant at this point how can you make present individuals walking on the face of the earth accountable for if you will if you want to concede it the sins of their fathers and mothers how can you do that it's not logical it doesn't make sense it's unfair and it's very root and it's got to stop and yet she's doubling down on it but this is how this is how strong that woke movement is yeah well i think one of the things you're overlooking though is they made sure to mention she's not a white person so that's why it doesn't matter as much and you have to remember it's only bad when white people do it you know what i'm saying <laughs> that's right <laughs> yeah yeah if she <laughs> that's a good point yeah um and so that's what's amazing she's not a white person so it's it only counts and reparations only matter when it's white people paying back the descendants of black people who are black Slave owners who have black slave owners. How you could, I think maybe she's suffering from early Biden syndrome. There might be a little dementia, a little processing issue going on. Not sure. Not sure about that. But uh, anyway. All right. Hey, coming up, we're going to be talking about um, another topic I just love to talk about. Accountability is a beautiful thing. And the city's largest, uh, the, the country's largest big city mayors are being made accountable for their sins and the sins of their voters who voted for them and their city councils. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Denver, Chicago, New York. That coming up later. 